0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I am your host Will McElroy, and I'm joined with my co-host Hannah Spence.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going?
0: What's up, Hannah? And then our student guest today is Carson Soje. What is up, Carson?
2: What's up, Will? <laughs> um, thank you all for having me. Yeah, tell us I... tell
0: us a little about a bit about yourself, Carson.
2: <laughs> um, I'm a senior at Pierce High School. Um, I'm on paysetters and i'm going to AM next year gig them.
0: Gig come That's on her. let's go in do you know what you're studying next year
2: uh business
0: business okay a you know, business woman we yeah. love to see that let's go make Carson. millions day yeah. one yeah yeah, yeah. remember <laughs> remember me when you make your million, millions right. okay um uh, but okay so we we usually start this podcast with some sort of icebreaker if you will whether it's a uh just something funny, a hot take. I don't know. But yeah, today we're doing we're gonna start with the hot take. And Carson, she actually I, I have a hot take. Carson also has a hot take and uh I wanted hers hers to be shared first. So Carson, why don't you share your hot hot take with us?
2: Uh my hot take is that sweet tea is mid.
0: It, it's just mid. <laughs> it that's, well, that's your hot take. Yeah, what? I smell
2: it, and it just kind of makes me gaggle. So a little. So
0: do bit. you like regular tea better, or
2: yeah, I'd rather have re- regular tea with sugar added than sweet tea. What? Yeah, isn't like
0: that that's why what...
2: regular tea with sugar added is way better.
0: That's literally sweet you, tea, though. But do you like yeah.
2: it? Yeah, I like it. Like so you if, don't like pre-sweetened sweet tea. Yeah, if I made like a little packet of tea and put some honey and some sugar, that's so different. So let's just tea. be
0: clear: you like sweet tea, though
2: sweetened tea <laughs>
0: but you literally do you like would you like no,
2: like sweet tea like i've drank it and like that's so different it has like a different i think they make it differently it cannot just be tea that's sweetened i don't believe it maybe you I don't like they- the sweetener versus you don't like sweet yeah. tea. maybe like tea bag tea not like iced tea or like whatever I don't oh yeah those that are different
0: you lost me i
2: just don't like i i don't like
1: tea so i agree <laughs> that it's mid
0: yeah i'll say i love sweet tea but I was okay with your hot take. Like I appreciated it, but Hi. you lost you lost me though when you said you make your own sweet tea because you do like sweet tea.
2: No, I make my own like tea. Just like
0: Anyways, you lost <laughs> me. You lost me, Carson. Um I was with you for a second, but okay, here's my hot take and then we'll get on into the topic is Man, here here's how I would put it. If I were president <laughs> president of the United States The first thing I would do, the the very first thing I would do is get rid of every, every car horn, every, every car out there. I would take out the horn because here's my hot take is I, I don't think under, I'll say this, I'll say this. (laughs) I, I have never once, not, not ever in my entire life at any time, under any circumstance, at any moment, ever, ever have I honked my horn.
2: Really? I don't I never believe that. are live in life then?
0: I've never honked my horn. I just and,
1: find that so hard to believe.
0: And my life is better for it. I've never been in a wreck. I've never needed to honk my horn because I'm a good driver. And and I just don't think that anyone needs their horn. I, I, th- just- I think that that is the worst way to. I, I think horns, I think there's no need for them.
2: Wow. I mean, I'm not an angry driver. Like, I'm not honking up my horn at people for driving slow, but if someone starts to merge into your lane, what do you do?
0: You, you say, hey, slow bud. down. Hey. You slow down.
2: Well, what if they're merging quickly?
0: Then you slow down quickly. Wow. Well, what What's your horn going to do?
2: It's just it like, alerts. Oh. It's like, hey, whoa. Well. It's kind of like if you're walking down the street and someone starts to cut in front of you and you're like, oh, hey, and they're like, oh, sorry. I
0: did prepare for this because I knew y'all were going to hate on it. And <laughs> I disagree. Studies, studies show that there is no effect. Horns have no effect. On the amount of what accidents. What
1: studies? Your the study? Studies, the studies. That you took yesterday well, by show, asking two
2: people? Have to agree. The studies,
0: they show it.
2: All right, if the studies show it, I'll I believe know.
1: it. I, I disagree. And, guess and that's what makes it a hot The take.
0: person who disagrees, guess how many wrecks she's been in?
2: <laughs> how many? Two. More than me. Oh, two more than me. That's two more than me, than me too.
0: So, there you but have I it. But I don't exhibit, use... Exhibit I A. I don't
2: use my horn. I just think that we should have them.
0: Hannah, you are Exhibit A.
2: I was... <laughs> what do you think about the Tesla horns that, like that you can put any sound or, like, any song? Like, what if you could honk a horn and it starts playing Despacito or something?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even heard those. But, I mean, I'd be be better than regular horns, yeah. I mean, like, anyways, that's exhibit A that's my hot take. Uh, Carson, thanks for your hot take. But um, look, what we're going to talk about today has has nothing. I'm trying to think of a smooth way to transition from car horns and sweet tea (laughs) into our topic today. And I I can't think of any, but I am excited about what Carson has, has, what she said she wanted to talk about today, which is finding your identity in Christ. And so I think it's such an important it's such an important topic for anyone, especially teenagers. And partially the reason I think it's so important is because we grow we grow up, if you've grown up in the church, at least if you were like me, I grew up hearing all the time pe- people telling me, find your identity in Christ. You should place your identity in Christ. And I didn't know necessarily what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like if I didn't put my identity, identity in Christ. I didn't know how to put my identity in Christ. And then I didn't know what would what would change if I did put my identity in Christ? And so today we're going we're gonna to address those since we've never talked about those on the podcast before. And, uh, and so, yeah, Carson, I'm so excited for you to, to, that you picked this topic and that you want to talk about it. And, and so I think the first question we had for you, Carson, was just what, what does it look like for someone when they do not have their identity in Christ?
2: Um, I'd say that sometimes it can feel great for like a minute Um, you know if you find your identity in being the smartest kid or you know the most athletic person or the funniest or the prettiest you know it can feel awesome if you're like wow this is me you know everyone thinks of me as this but anything that's not from that's not God will fail you because anything that's Um, not God is, um, temporary. Mm. So, um, for no matter how long that high lasts to find your identity in that worldly thing, at some point it won't be your identity anymore. So if, you know, all of a sudden you get injured and you're not the most athletic or, you know, I don't know, like something causes this part of your identity to not be applicable anymore, then you'll find yourself identityless and lost because- Mm -hmm. It's just, it won't be part of who you are anymore. And without that, then what are you?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's so good. So let's talk about that. You said like, then without that, what are you? And I just want to talk about you personally, Carson. i just like, <laughs> what did what did that journey look like for you specifically? Like, when did you realize that, man, my identity is not in Christ or maybe not as much in Christ as I thought it might've been? Yeah, what did that journey look like for you?
2: Yeah, so that journey kind of, Happened to me, I feel like, over sophomore year. Um, start off the year with kind of like a friendship falling out, and then through the year um, found myself trying to be the best dancer on our drill team or just comparing myself and um, doing that. And then we had officer tryouts towards the end of the year, and I didn't make it after I really, like, thought um, I, like, deserved it or that I should make it or that I really wanted to make it or I was, like, trying my best. Um, and I didn't, and then just kind of like relationships and other friendships like ending that like all kind of was just like boom, boom, boom sophomore year. And it just kept feeling like thing after thing that I kind of found my worth in was just like failing me and it was overwhelming, you know, and it was stressful and, um, kind of, you know, it scared me because I was like, oh, I thought that, you know, like I've, had all these, I had this like friend or I had this relationship or I had, um, this confidence in my ability, you know, and I felt like I deserved those things or those things were, you know, always going to be part of who I was, but, um, then they weren't. And I was like, oh, like, what do I do now? You know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think, yeah, I, I think Even for myself, I I think everyone's story, they have that moment where you just realize it. Well, even if it's whether you're at a young age or, you know, if you're way older and experiencing that, it just, there is a moment for every believer where you just realize, like, man, I cannot do this on my own. Like, it's not about me, it's about, it's about God. And, um, like you said, Carson, it was, it's scary. It's scary when you realize that, like, man, I am, I am not in control. Like, I am not in control. And, uh, and, and I'm not good enough, you know, I'm not good enough to to plan my life perfectly as I would like it to go. And so what did what was your response to that, Carson? Like in the midst of all of that sophomore year, you didn't make it as a pacesetters officer. Like maybe friendships were hard. Like it sounds like was COVID happening around then too?
2: No, that was like
0: was that the your year, freshman year? Yeah. Oh, okay. It. Oh, okay. Maybe that wasn't a, a thing. I but I know for a lot of students that was a really oh, yeah. oh, eye opening moment for them. But what was your response during that? I mean, and essentially, how did you come from being someone who was crushed when you didn't get things your way when your when your identity and pace setters or whatever it may have been didn't work out? You sounds like you were fairly crushed after that. What was your response to that? How did you come to place your identity in Christ?
2: Um, I think I'm like pretty impressed that my sophomore self kind of like had this thought process, but I found myself like after those things, um, I was just like, I, my immediate thought was like, Hey, God might be teaching me something, which I never really thought that before or like come to that conclusion about hard things like happening. But I for some reason I was just like, Oh, Hey, maybe God's using us as a teaching moment. This is, you know, something that I can grow from. Um, and so I started being like, okay, so like, what is he teaching me? Cause I didn't exactly know what he was teaching me at first. So I started to be like, you know, realize that I was like, Oh, it's that I was making that who I was and not making his daughter who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had put all my marbles in. That basket or whatever the saying is, um and I had like really just like been all in on that, and like I was still, you know, obviously like going to church, like being a Christian, you know, loving the Lord, but I was like, oh yeah, you know, I love the Lord, da da da, but behind me, I was like, but this is really who I am, um, and but from that, like learning that that was what I was doing, I was able to kind of take a step back and be like, hey, you know. This is like something, you know, this is something that given to me by God, you know, like being able to dance, being able to have friends and like whatever. But it's he's given it to me as like a gift to either use my gifts to like flourish, but or to just, you know, enjoy and like have community. But I don't need to put that above him in my heart.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing, Uh, Carson. What and this is for you, too, Hannah, maybe you can can share on this and then Carson would love to hear your thoughts, but how, uh, how would you say what Carson just shared can be applicable to anyone listening? And what I mean by that is, I mean, think for the student who may, who may not be in Carson's situation, maybe isn't pe- setters, maybe it isn't friendships, but maybe it's football or running or dating or whatever it is, but they're finding their identity in something else. And they hit that moment where, where they realize that, man, I need to put my identity in Christ. Like I need to put my identity in something that won't fail me. How, how does someone actually like do that? You know, like practically, uh, let's, how how does someone put their identity in Christ?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I loved what you shared Carson and just identifying a couple of things of just striving after things in this world that were either given to enjoy or, um, create community or. Um, just be something the Lord has given you to steward well for Him. Um, and when we put that on the throne of our hearts, that's when it leads to, like, okay, that is now identifying how I should live, where, where I find my happiness, and all of that. And when you come to that moment of realizing, like, this does not satisfy, um, it's not just an identifying that, like, okay, then I am the Lord's child, I am a believer. So that means that's my identity. It means actively walking that out and choosing to let that be your satisfaction. Like I could sit here all day long and say that, but if I never fully entrust myself to the Lord and walk that out in the day-to-day and hold loosely the things of this world, um, then I will never actually put my identity in Christ. um, In a verse that even comes to mind with that, um, in Matthew, it says, um, or in Luke, sorry, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul mm-hmm. And that to me, um, that's something I learned in high school. Um, I ran cross country and in my mind, I was very much so I have to be the best at this or it's not worth pursuing. Um, and that's what I told myself, but it was really, I have to be the best at this or I'm not good enough because my identity was around it. Um, and then learned that like, Hey, it doesn't matter if I achieved being the best on the team. It didn't matter if I became the team captain, because the moment I had that, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I decided to choose the Lord as my identity, as his child and his daughter, someone that's loved, and my purpose comes from that, as someone that is to know God and to make him known, that's where the shift happened in my heart. And it's actively choosing to believe that you are God's child and you're made for something more than this world. And what we gain in this world like truly is of no profit. Um, to us, except for what we do for the Lord, because this is a temporary home. And I think that is like the first step of moving towards the Lord and letting him be our identity is realizing like, Hey, what is here and a happy now is not our Mm -hmm. eternity. And this (laughs) will pass away because we're made for eternity with Christ, not what is here and now on earth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. I think that's so good. I think of 1 Corinthians 6 20, which just says, you are not your own. This is verse 19 and 20 of, of chapter six, it says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. But I, I think just narrowing in on that, the you are not your own, you were bought at a price that if you, if you are a believer in, in Christ, then I think that is the most important thing you can remember about your identity is just that you are not your own, that it's not about you it's not about pace setters it's not about cross country football boyfriend girlfriend school date it's not about any of that it's about it's about you and really more importantly it's 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 about your i mean it's not about you it's more importantly about your relationship to god mm-hmm. and specifically it's about christ who is um hopefully uh living in you and and i think that is just the most beautiful reminder and it's a freeing reminder i think of at first it's scary I think at first it's scary to like give up that control, to mm-hmm. give up the control in your sport or your dating life or your relationships. But then you realize how freeing it is to not be in control, to be under the sovereign loving provision of a father who cares about you and loves you. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think even sometimes when I think about my identity in Christ as sometimes just a. I don't want to use the word exercise that makes it sound like all weird and clinical, but <laughs> I think as sometimes it's just a heart check. I, I will just truly, I'll just close my eyes and just think like, man, if God were to walk in the room right now and it were just me and him, like, what would he say about me? Like, what would be his reaction to seeing me when he walked in? And I think that Whenever I do that, and whenever I'm honest about myself with that, and I know sometimes it can be weird, I, like I don't want it to be like some, some weird exercise <laughs> to do, like, but truly, like, just think about that. Like, what what do you think God thinks about you? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, then I would encourage you to to read chapters like Psalm 139, which just says, like, man, uh, be, I, I formed you, like I knitted you together in your mother's womb. Like you are perfectly and wonderfully made, and or Jeremiah chapter one, where it just says like, like before you were born, I knew you. And, and I, I think that it's just, whenever I do that, whenever I just sit there and think about what does, what does God think about me? And more importantly, like, what do I think God thinks about me? Mm-hmm. Cause if, if those aren't your first thoughts, like if, if your first thought about what does God think about me, isn't that he loves you and cares about you, and that he knew you before you even were born, then I don't think that you have a true understanding, a real grip of your identity in Christ, like how, how deep your identity in Christ can be. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, that's a long winded answer for how to find your identity in Christ, but it truly starts with giving your life to Christ and saying, man, I was bought at a price at the price of his son dying for me. And my faith in him means that I'm not my own, that, that I'm his, I'm Christ. I'm fully His, And my life is all about him and not about anything else. And whatever accomplishments or lack of accomplishments come my way, then God is still good. And so Carson, I guess just to kind of move on from, from that, uh, man, I think I, I feel like I have known you, um, I guess directly and indirectly over the last, I guess, what has it been like three years or so since, yep. cause my, my wife, Allie, by the way, leads Carson's small group, shout out Allie. Shout out Allie. And, um, and so man, I've, i just feel like I've seen you, um, seen you as someone who has put their identity in Christ and, and seen the way that you've just, I, I guess, for lack of better words, grown up in, in that regard, you know? And so how would you say, but you personally, how, how would you say your life has changed even since sophomore year? Like what, what does your lo- life look like now as someone who is putting their identity in Christ?
2: Um, I think like a main thing that I feel like it's helped me like change my perspective, like, why am I here on this earth, you know, and like kind of like what y'all are just saying, like it's not here I'm not here to you know be the best, be the smartest, be the most popular da 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 I'm here to you know glorify God to share um his story you know and like share the gospel and like you know love others and like you know just that, and I think it's kind of helped me you know it helps you like take a step back, you know um. And then it also is just like peaceful, you know, it, um, allows me to just enjoy the things that God has given me, but to not covet them and to keep them on like their respective place. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, like you're saying you still enjoy pay setters, but you're free with it. You're open handed with whatever happens with it.
2: Yes. I don't like find myself, um, getting like down in about like how you know my spot in a dance or how you know how I feel like people think of like my talent or whatever you know like I'm not like oh what does this mean what does this mean Mm -hmm. like trying to decode like everything in everyone Mm -hmm. you know because it's like it doesn't really matter you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's just there so that you know I'm staying active you know um having friends like come on it's like not that big of a deal you know it kind of like you know Like, to answer the question, you know, it changes, you know, how you look at life. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about um, the small stuff. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. Would you say anything on that, Hannah?
1: Yeah, I would say is what it looks like to place your identity in Christ now. Um, We'll kind of hit on this a little bit just about, like, knowing knowing the Lord. And if our identity is in him, we have to know him. And as a believer, if we're not spending time in God's word and abiding and listening to him, it'd be really, really hard to be able to place my identity in someone I don't know well, um, because I don't know his identity. And the reason I say that is going back to even just Genesis 1, it tells us um, our identity. It says in verse 27, so God created man in his own image in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so if we don't know God and attributes of God and who he is in his heart, we're not going to know our own identity because first and foremost, we're created by him to be like him. Um, And so our identity isn't self-centered, it's God-centered. And then if we're created in his image, that means we're created to reflect something. Um, And if we don't know what that is through spending time with him, we won't be able to reflect that. Um, and then we won't be able to walk out our calling, which comes from our identity. And so a verse that comes to mind with that is First Peter um, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful life. And so our identity is directly tied to our purpose. Um, and if we don't understand who God is and understand the purpose he's called us to, We're going to find ourselves lacking or discouraged or trying to place our identity in the things of this world because we don't know what we're moving towards. Um, And there's just a sweetness in just in that scripture in general. Um, I think of like the Lord looking at us and it says God's special possession. Um, He holds us so dearly and so tightly. We're so deeply loved. And that's our identity is in a loving, kind father. Um, And that gets to move us towards um praising Him and making much of Him. And so when we get our identity right by knowing who the Lord is, it moves us towards our purpose. And when we're striving after that, it's really hard to strive after mm-hmm. something um, within the world at the same time because if we're fully focused on that, probably don't have time to put our identity mm-hmm. in achievements. Um, and so that is a helpful thing that I remind myself of is, first and foremost, I'm created in the image of someone. And that's where I find my identity. And then, Mm -hmm. what is that? Who is he if I'm reflecting that? Um, And when I dwell on God's character um, and how He lived His life, it's easy for me to understand who I am and how I'm supposed to live.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I think Carson, that what you shared is exactly what I experienced too. When when you just talk about like what what changes, like what does your life look like now that you're reflecting Christ? And I think that. You're exactly right that it honestly parts of your life might not look that different like you're still doing pace setters like you're still doing a lot of the same things but the way you do them is so different mm-hmm. um and I think similarly for me cross country before I was a believer I was running cross country and track when I became a believer I was still running cross country and track and when I was doing that in college I just remember some teammates who they were not believers they came up to me and asked And they just asked something along the lines like, man, Will, what is like something's like different. You just don't seem they I remember explicitly and I'm virtue signaling here, but they were like, I wish I were like you, Will, and that I didn't get so upset after a bad race. And I think, Carson, that you get to be that same Person, because I did tell him, I'm like, you could be like me because the reason I'm not upset after a bad race isn't, isn't because I don't care, because I do care a lot about how I do, but it's just because I care about something even greater that will last for eternity. And I think for you, Carson, being in pace setters, you get to be in that. Or, you know, as people are getting into colleges and not getting into colleges, you get to be that. And for the rest of your life, you'll get to, to be that. Um, someone who cares very much about things but mm. cares the most about the thing that matters the most mm-hmm. um so well guys y'all have as we just close and, and wrap this up would y'all have any last advice for someone who who is just on this journey of and and wants to find their identity in Christ
2: um I think kind of back to like what Hannah was saying about just like you are who like you're God and you need to know him to reflect Him. you're not you are God pause <laughs> um you are reflecting God and so you need to know the God that you're reflecting and that kind of reminds me of like the saying like you are what you eat, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think another thing that, um, I feel like finding my identity in the Lord that, you know, that comes from just like getting in the word. And I feel like wanting to find my identity in the Lord, um, pushed me to get more diligent in about pursuing getting in the word every morning because now like, you know, I knew God and I knew, about God for, like, as long as I can remember, but, like, really being like, hey, you know, like, I want this to define me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, ha- you know, you have to know what is defining you. So I think finding your identity in the Lord can um, come from just starting to know who's this Lord that you're finding that identity in and also want, like, that desire can also push you to do it. So it's kind of, like, a it kind cycle. of goes in a circle and it, yeah. like, can propel you forward and mm-hmm. just like that passion and mm-hmm. getting in the word.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just That's that. good.
1: I would just add that um placing your identity in Christ frees gives freedom. It frees you up from living a life filled of fear of like I've gotta have and if I don't have, I've gotta mm-hmm. have, or if I don't have, I'm not enough. And that fear is just making you run down whatever path is next. Um, and then maybe getting what you want and feeling unfulfilled or not getting what you want and feeling lesser than. Um, and the Lord didn't create us to live in fear. And so when we place our identity in him, it's just a world of freedom that we get to walk in. And um, in Romans eight fifteen, it says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And just that idea of like, when I, my identity is in Christ and there's so much freedom and enjoyment in life. Because I am not trying to control my circumstance, to control my happiness, to be enough. I'm mm. already enough in Christ. And I have the freedom to enjoy God. And I have the freedom to enjoy the good things that he has created for me to enjoy and walk in. And that goes back to what you're saying of like, you can do pace setters and enjoy it. You don't have to walk away from it because you place your identity in it at one time. it's You shift your identity to Christ. And then you get to be in spaces and enjoy things and make much mm-hmm. of Jesus in them. And it's like, awesome, you're great at pace setters. You can do it to the glory of God now because it doesn't own your identity and he does. And so just that reminder of like, hey, when your identity is in Christ, there's so much freedom and joy to be experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'll close with this. It's just a, a phrase we, we've said around Watermark before maybe y'all have heard it. It says, uh, know who you are, be who you are and like who you are. So know your identity, that your identity is in Christ. Be who you are is use the gifts that God has given you, whether that's your personality or athletic giftings or whatever, whatever gifts God has given you. like, go use them and then the like who you are is just enjoy it like find find joy in the the mm. person the the unique person god has made you to be so carson thank you for, for coming on this was great yeah uh, we love to have you guys and um as always if you like this episode please share with a friend leave a review like it and then uh we'll be back next week with our final episode of this season see you guys